Welcome to the Heart of Dating Podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hey, hey, you guys, it's Kate Warman, and you are listening to the Heart of Dating podcast. Well, you guys, we have another episode with my fiance, JJ Tomlin, in store for you today. And before we get into it, I'm really curious, are you guys liking these episodes with JJ? Do you want to hear more from me and JJ? And what do you want to hear more about? Today's episode was actually derived because we got so many questions about the fact that JJ was not my type, quote unquote, at the beginning of our relationship, and that my attraction for him did build, my physical attraction for him did build. And so, so many of you guys are asking questions specifically about that, so we're going to dive deeper into that today on the podcast. Hey, I want you to know if you are new to our community, we have an incredible Facebook community that you can connect with. We have over 8,000 members doing life together. They have groups each week. They meet up. They do all sorts of things. And there are incredible dialogues happening in this Facebook group. It is popping. So if you want to meet other singles that are in your similar boat, whether you are divorced, you've never been on a date before, you are widowed, you feel like the last single person in your community, come over to our Facebook group by going to facebook.com forward slash heart of dating. And then you can click to our private Facebook group and make sure to answer all of the questions, including reading our guidelines before entering. One last thing, you guys, if you've never listened to this podcast before, or if you've been around, but have never rated and reviewed us, would you consider doing that today on the episode? You can do that on Apple Podcasts by going to our podcast page, The Heart of Dating, going to the bottom of the page, you'll see stars. And I would love if you consider ranking us five stars. And then there's a little button that says write a review. If you would take a minute of your day to write a review, it would mean the world. It is so helpful to get podcasters to really grow and get the word out there. And you guys, we put so much effort into bringing this podcast to you each and every week that it would mean a lot if we could continue to bring more people to listen to Heart of Dating and become a part of this community. All right, guys, we have another episode today with JJ. We talk about attraction. What are the different layers of attraction? I talk specifically about five different kinds of attraction. And then we also talk about type. And some of this is pretty hard, but we really dive into how did our types derive? Why do we have a quote unquote type? And what is it really doing? And you're going to hear my answer to this today on the podcast. It is really raw and real, but it's something I've really looked into and learned for myself. This is why I always want to encourage you from this point forward to date the unexpected, to challenge yourself. If you would have said no to this person previously, if it's based on your type or based on specific preferences that aren't non-negotiables, maybe now you consider saying yes and just going on a date and building friendship and seeing what happens. I really, really hope that this conversation today encourages you and challenges you. So without further ado, let's get into it. What's up, everybody? It's Kate. And JJ. Hey, this is your third time on the podcast. Technically fourth. 
Yeah. Because somebody called me out on Instagram. They're like, this was not his first time. Actually, he was on the podcast, if you guys didn't know, Incognito on our men's roundtable back in the fall of 2021. Oh, and technically, there's still a hidden episode. <gasps> That's right. That we recorded last summer. Correct. Wow. That's Whether the... or not we release that is to be determined. <laughs> that, one, that one's in the drafts. <laughs> that one is like when I was nervous. I think I'm a totally different podcaster on that episode yeah you, uh, you were really nervous by me i was like what is happening what am i doing I know. what's going on you were very giddy it was it was kind of peculiar to see you in that state because uh-huh. usually you're very comfortable with the podcast mic and the headphones but well now you're making everyone like hear it okay so forget we said anything today's episode is gonna you're be a lot of fun were you more nervous on that or our first date <laughs> Oh, I was probably more nervous for that episode. Yeah, you're just stuttering talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) Well, today we're talking about attraction and challenging your type. You guys, this is going to be good. Uh, This conversation is probably not new to you if you've been on the podcast for a while and been listening. Go back and listen to our compatibility series back in 2021, the summer. I talk about so much of this, but today I want to go in a little more depth and I also want to reveal how this specifically played out with JJ and I, because not only can we give you practical advice, but we can also tell you how this played out in our story, right, babe? Yeah. And that was one of your most downloaded podcasts. And from the guy's perspective, I've had so much feedback Mm. that that was a a really easy mean. Yeah. And the compatibility that that was one series that was so highlighted. Yeah. for the guys and i had yeah. no idea just like long distance i had no idea from a guy's perspective how closed off we could be and how selective we can be oh boy like i'm talking hair eye color height like it I can know. be just as uh, selective on the other side yeah well that's i think a complaint from many women actually that women are always saying to me well i'm open but what about the guys Mm -hmm. now what we just want to say levels at the playing field is that we're not here to believe either gender this is just a conversation to challenge both genders and to challenge you as an individual this let's take ownership for ourselves and and look at our story and our narrative and not compare or criticize the other gender or generalize so well, we're going to start by talking about the the idea of type. And for this, I kind of want to reference our story. And if you listen to the How We Met episode a few episodes ago, we kind of talked about this. So we talked about the fact that when I first got JJ's Instagram sent to me through a setup after a Zoom call, I went over to it and I was like, oh my goodness, this guy is five and a half years younger than me. He has platinum hair that he dyed blue. He has a black diamond earring and he has skater punk style and all these other different looks. Like what is going on here? It was a lot. And I was very close to saying no. Like I I don't think I want to go out with this guy because of those factors. Plus, you know, I was talking to other guys and I was like, I don't know about this. But I said, yes, I felt a prompting in my heart, in my spirit that was just like, just go on a date, see what happens. So I, you know, needless to say, I'm, I'm so grateful that I said yes. But it didn't stop with just saying yes. Like this was a mindset thing for me. I had to go into our first date being really cognizant of, okay, this guy is not my quote unquote air quotes type, but 
I want to be open. I don't want to shoot him down and like ruin his chance mentally in my mind before I even really talk to him and get to know him. So I really mentally was like, I'm here to be present. I'm going to give this guy a shot and we're going to just see what happens. And I really enjoyed our first date and our first few dates, obviously so much so that it led to you coming to visit. And I, you know, for the first time in person, we talked about this too. I didn't know really how tall you were. I didn't know what your style really, really looked like (laughs) that much until I saw you in real life. (laughs) You were blown away. (laughs) I mean, you you were wearing camo drop crotch pants on our first hangout. Those are kind of cool in my defense. Like lots of people wear those. Okay. Well, I don't think they are. Okay. So I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And oh my gosh, do you remember this, honey? You made sure to point out that you tried really hard with your style that weekend and that this was like the best style. That's not true. Yes, you said that. That's not true. You said that after Elefante. He said that at some point. That's not true. I really thought about my outfits and my style for this weekend. False. (laughs) Incorrect. Yes, yes, you did. So you didn't think about what you were going to wear? You're wrong. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, of course I thought about what I was going to wear, but it was like, I'm going to LA, right? This is the place where people are walking around in pajamas and Drew hoodies and slippers. So I'm like, anything goes here and I'm going to do me. And so you really did did me. Yeah, that's for sure. She loved it. Okay. So there was a few things going on. It was his style. It was his hair. It was his level of grooming. There was a lot of things going on. And let me just say for the grooming, this is not to be critical, although I am critical and I have to work on that. That There was, you know, after our first date, we went to a car concert. And after that, we were driving home and we went to in and out And I'll never forget. By, by your recommendation. Okay, yeah. You're the one who said, <laughs> let's go do this. Okay, well, he was, then he ate in and out in front of me. And I'm sorry. <laughs> So sorry. It was not good. It was it was a bad. It was not a selling point. Let's just say the way he eats. I love you, babe. This is still a point of contention in our relationship. For I just, her, I can't look at you. It's while not you mutual eat. contention. It's just you. I can't look at you. So I was like, oh my gosh. But then what really got me after the eating and the chomping and the mama is you got out of the car and you went to the trash can. You you the it was very full and so you stuffed. Like your a trash good, like a good citizen. In it. But he was touching the trash can and touching all the other trash. And then he comes in the car and doesn't ask for a wipey, doesn't like nothing. <laughs> and just like I was like, oh my God. You were just watching like a hawk <laughs> for something like that to point out. I, just no, for I ammunition. Wasn't. So I was like, oh God, this guy is a little sloppy. <laughs> <laughs> and then I grabbed your hand and I said <laughs> This is the best night ever. <laughs> and I was like, and fix oh her gosh, hair you just, behind her ear. You just <laughs> and you're like, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying. I actually don't think you did that, but I was like looking at your hands and like watching you touch your face after that, and I was like. and so anyway you guys get to know all these random stories now but at elefante the next night we talked about this date where it was like a nice restaurant and jj was wearing shorts and this whole thing anyway i I fixed it fixed it he went and got joggers at lululemon he showed up and it was very impressive and then it opened up a style a dialogue (laughs) 
It opened up a style. <laughs> dialogue on style. And oh, yeah. It definitely did. It did. but And it was good. That night was good. but And it was fine. The next day, I remember thinking, oh, I might be attracted to him. Like, I actually, like, might, <laughs> like an afterthought. I, I could be maybe attracted to him. And we had a really good day that day. That was Saturday. And then you were leaving on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I remember you came and delivered coffee that morning. And flowers. And flowers. Oh, that's right. And I just saw your outfit and the way you looked. And this is so bad, you guys. It's so bad. But I was like, I don't know if I'm actually into him. Like, I'm into him, but I'm not into the style. So I'm giving you all this behind the scenes because I want you guys to hear. We're together, okay? We're obviously getting married. But I want you to hear just the behind the scenes of what the struggle may look like by really challenging your type and working through attraction, okay? Here's what it looked like for me. I said to myself, and we'll get into an attraction in in a second. For me, when I looked at him, I was like, he is objectively attractive. Like, he is an attractive man. He has great features. I find him to be an attractive man. However, like I didn't feel like physically, romantically that attracted to him at the time because of other things. Like I had worked in fashion my whole life before that. And there was a lot of things in my head about what somebody should quote unquote look like. So I really had to work through that. Right, honey? Yeah. (laughs) You did. And it's been a work in progress. I, I, I roll my eyes. I think every time I hear that, because it's just my pride that's like a little inflicted, you <laughs> I'm know. Sorry, baby. But you know, for everybody out there, what might be Kate and her fashion preferences that she, or just, just in general, yeah, preferences. She, she has yeah. a very high value on. That can be anything: communication style, height, features, um, personality. Yes, like like for you, it can be anything. Yeah, for me, it was like style and grooming, and and that it like I if he was shorter and it wouldn't matter to me. The height doesn't matter as much, but for other people, it's height. For other people, it's weight or ethnicity or you know some of the things you listed. (laughs) Eye color, eye color. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you know it, it can get really shallow really quick, and that's not the shame. It's just it can get physical. Uh, it can be spiritual. It can be emotional. It can be a couple but a lot markets. of the things, a lot of type preferences have to do with physical. A lot of them do. Yeah, including yours. Yeah. 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 And so, but here's the thing. I want to break down this idea of type for a moment. So, and then I'm going to say, explain to you how I move past this with JJ. Okay. So your type, what is your type? What I've come to learn about type is that, and this may be hard for some people to hear, but I really believe that your type is often mostly based from your childhood woundings. Basically, deficits that you did not get from your parents or caretakers then produce a type. Like you're looking for these things that you never got as a child. So you are drawn to something subconsciously that you're that you believe will medicate the pain that still exists within you. And sometimes our types are going to, by looking for our types, we believe that they're going to validate the internal pain that we have. So you may want to date someone because you believe that dating this kind of specific person is going to validate your lovability. Or you may want to date this specific kind of person because you believe that they're going to validate your beauty. Things that you struggle with finding and accepting on your own, sometimes you're looking for in another person and then we put on this 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 whole label of a quote unquote type. 
So these wounds that we experience as a child then manifest later in our life in many ways. We know a lot of them manifest as triggers, but it also manifests in our preferences and the ways we medicate. So a lot of the woundings we have in life have to do with love, the love that we received from a caretaker, whether steady or not steady, overbearing, underbearing, whether we were abandoned, whatever it looks like. And then later in life, we form these sort of types and preferences in a means to actually medicate the pain that we never truly healed from. Now with preferences, you can have preferences, okay? I'm not saying you can't have preferences. Preferences are fine, but you want to challenge and weigh your preferences, okay? Because a lot of times for people, preferences end up becoming non-negotiables. Now, preferences, in my opinion, should actually be just what the word says. They're a preference, okay? I prefer to go to Disney more often than JJ prefers to go to Disney. Isn't that right, babe? No, I I love Disney. (laughs) What are you talking about? Oh, my gosh. I prefer to wash my hands after (laughs) touching a trash can. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> instead of going on with my life. And I prefer to go golfing on a Saturday morning instead of, no, I'm just kidding. Exactly. But <laughs> there's different preferences, yeah. but preferences are not necessarily deal breakers. And we just need to check how much we're weighing our preferences. We don't want our preferences to be this ultimate thing that we're looking after. Like we we can't, if we don't have this, then we can't be in the relationship. And where it's does that, different. Where does that stem from? Like, how does a preference get baked into you and then kind of grow into a non-negotiable? So, well, I, I think preferences and non-negotiables should be different. Yeah. But I think a lot of times people blur them. Yeah. So they like, this is my preference. But it's really like a non-negotiable. They may say they prefer somebody of this height, but they not they're not necessarily saying per se that it's their non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. But technically, when they're on the dating app swiping, they're not swiping for anybody that is under their height preference. So it is a non-negotiable because they're not considering anybody that is under their height preference. Mm-hmm. So the thing about preferences though, so is that we don't want them to be dictated out of our wounding or out of our lack. Because if it is, If we are looking to somebody to medicate our pain, to fill a void, eventually that will lead to disappointment because there is not a person on the planet that can make us feel beautiful for the rest of our life or make us feel lovable for the rest of our life. And while I say some of this, some of it, you may know that this is true, but when you're looking for somebody, you're not actually enforcing this, okay? And so if you are stuck on type and you keep trying to look for your quote unquote type, I guess I want to ask you, has your type worked out for you? Have you actually dated someone your type and has that actually worked? Or have you maybe not dated anybody because you can't seem to find somebody who fits all of the molds that you have? Maybe this has left you even more heartbroken, more disappointed, more hopeless. This is what I want to say. Divorce, unfortunately, in the church is actually really high right now. And oftentimes that's because we believe, I think, in ways that our type will save us from our pain, even as Christians. And the reality here is that no person, like we just said, can save us from our pain. But what happens sometimes in marriage, even for Christians, is if they base their decision based on type and then they got married really quickly and they're like, this is going to happen. This is great. If you come to the right realization in marriage that this person cannot fill all my voids, if they cannot medicate all of my pain for the rest of my life, this is a really hard realization. And so in marriage, when that starts happening, you may start thinking, I made a bad choice. 
Like maybe I'm supposed to be with somebody else. Like this is not the right person. I need to, I need to go find another person to fill these voids. And all the while you're not actually addressing the pains that really exist from early on in your life. What I often see, unfortunately, is that fear has become a driving force behind type. Instead of seeing dating as an opportunity to learn, to grow, to be a mirror to the things that we need to learn and grow in as individuals, instead of looking at it that way, we are looking at it as a consumeristic thing where we hope to get something else from someone. We hope to have them fill all of our voids that are based actually in fear and pain. So I ask you, is your type coming from a place of fear? Is fear or pain driving your type? Now, this is something else really, really hard, but I want to share this because it's really true for me. In some ways, we are addicted to the very thing that actually will wound us more because it's familiar to us. Even though logically we know this kind of a person is not good for me. If you've been through it before, you've dated that kind of guy or that kind of girl. In ways, if the pain is really, really deep, the neural pathways will also be really, really deep and we will be attracted to the thing that actually hurts us even more. Why? Because the neglect in ways feels familiar. And so sometimes what we don't realize is our idea of type is actually wounding us potentially even more. And so this is why I am such a proponent of working through type. Because for me in my life, I have recognized that I have been drawn to so many of the wrong kind of guys. Now, I don't want to put all the guys I've dated on blast, right, babe? (laughs) I mean, maybe JJ would now. (laughs) But the reality is like I have dated some guys that are just really not great guys, not great guys for me. And I've dated some good guys. Okay. And shout out to those good guys, especially if you're listening. (laughs) But I've dated some guys that are really not the best for me and have repeated some of the patterns. So this is a vulnerability moment for me, but my biggest core wounding is being misunderstood. And within that core wound, there are things that make me feel not enough. And within the not feeling enough, I've always looked for, often looked for men to feel that void and to make me feel enough. I've looked for guys who are going to affirm me. I look for guys who are going to, I'm going to be their number one. If they didn't do it, then I would go to sexual things. And that's what I would do. And I would go to those guys that would, that were very charismatic, that drew me in, but honestly, were not emotionally available for me. And honestly, they made me feel that much more misunderstood in the long run. If you know my story of abuse, you know, this is so true for me in my life. The reality with type is if you hand over things that you need to be okay to another person, meaning if you hand over all of your like needs for love to another person and aren't getting any of that for yourself, don't know any of that for yourself, not getting any of it from God, but you just hand it over to another person expecting them to make you feel enough, make you feel fully worthy, make you feel fully lovable, make you feel fully beautiful, you're giving them all the control. And I'm telling you, they will let you down. So the healthiest thing to do with type is to hold our preferences that lead to type very, very loosely and to challenge them. This is like a really hard thing to get to, but by for me, by challenging my type and recognizing that my type was often driven by a lot of these pain woundings that I was seeking to fill through this kind of quote unquote type that I created in my head, it was so helpful for me because I was like, man, this is not working and I'm looking for love 
in all the wrong places. And you guys all know that phrase. And so I had to really challenge this for myself. And so even at the beginning with JJ, when I'm like, all these little things, this is not my type, quote unquote, blah, 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 blah. I was like, well, let's take away some of these things for a moment and let's look at his character. Let's look at his intentionality. Let's look at how he's pursuing me. Let's look at how he's communicating to me. Let's look at how like safe I feel around him. Those things all mattered so much more than his black diamond earring and the the platinum hair and the stuffing the trash in the can and not washing his hand. <laughs> and it really was true. Now, I want to give you some practicality on how this works out. JJ hates what I'm about to share next, but this happened. So he left after that weekend. And babe, before I go into that, is there anything you wanted to add from all the things I just shared in a monologue? No, that was really good. I think the one thing I've always heard that fascinated me is people say that you're attracted to, quote unquote, your mom and dad. And it's not necessarily you're looking for a twin of them, uh, but it's more like you're very familiar with the emotional uh, relationship and the environment that mm. they created. Yeah. And so when you encounter that again after you know the first attraction, um, especially if it was like toxic or abusive, you're very familiar. And so you're much more willing to stick around mm-hmm. because you're familiar with it. Yeah. And you're hoping that this time it'll be different. Yeah. It, there's like a lot of hope like, okay, this feels familiar and I know the highs and lows of this and mm-hmm. I'm hoping there's like a hope within you that it'll be different. Yeah. Maybe like a hope that because you're an adult now, you can change them. Yes, exactly. Because honey, that's good. Like you can you save them. Exactly. That's codependency right there. It. Yeah. And then now that you're an adult and you know God and they might or you know, be a Christian or loosely, but you can change them now. Yeah. This is like your opportunity to redeem. Mm. So that's where my whole phrase, you can't marry potential comes into play. Yeah. Because you want to marry the idea that you have of them in your head. It's a bad place to start a marriage. (laughs) Yeah. And the last thing before we move on to attraction, when it comes to type is, would you rather have the person that your flaws and your broken experience as a human has dreamed up for your type? Or would you rather have the person that a perfect God has crafted yes, as your type? Which one do you think is going to be better for you? <laughs> so good. Yeah. Yes, baby. And here again, I will just say it. Okay. You guys can have preferences. I just, we want to encourage you today to challenge how much weight you're putting in those preferences. And if they're coming from a place of fear or of pain, that's what I want to encourage you to do. Yeah. Here's a good like midpoint lesson. Like a win in this area looks like if your previous preferences was I'm 28, I'm only going to date a year and above and below me. So 27 and 29, a year above and below. A huge win would be like, okay, well, after listening to this, I'm more open to 25 to 30. Yeah. You know, I just, I never have been, but age is not always an indicator of emotional health. And I've heard it done above and beyond, you know, two or three years, even five or six and still be successful. So I'm just going to challenge myself and open up that preference a little bit more. Yes. That's a huge win. And if you're on a dating app and you are swiping and I'm saying it for the ladies, you know, you've heard me say this before, but maybe not if you're new here. And so like the majority, the average height of a man is five foot nine in America, which means it's an average ladies. Think about the logic here. That means there's a lot in order to make an average. There's like 50% of guys are under five foot nine. Okay. Think about that. And all y'all 
are like 70% of you are saying, I want to date a man over six foot tall. Yeah. Well, let's just think about the small, small, small percentage in reality of guys that are actually over six foot tall if the average is five foot nine. Okay. So when you are on a dating app and you have your preferences set to like a certain height preference, I want you to change that. I want you to challenge yourself to change mm-hmm. it. And then when you're on the app and you see the guy that is like, you know, you're like, oh, I like his profile. And then it says he's shorter than your typical height preference. I want you to just challenge yourself. Listen to this episode. Think back to this episode and be like, all right, I'm swiping right. We have heard countless stories yeah. over the last six months yep. of people challenging their type and being like, I am so grateful. I challenge myself. Yeah, you literally have DMs where, you so know, many. a girl a year ago went from a minimal height of like 5'10 mm. and she went down to 5'8. And weeks later, she met this guy who was, guess what, 5'8. And now they're engaged and getting married. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so like, many think about that like, that, like little preference on a dating app. That you that change yeah. style preferences. Like, think about it. Maybe it's the guy friend or the girlfriend that you have in church that you were like, man, this is a great person. I love hanging around them. They're a great friend of mine. And there's like a big emotional attraction you have to them, but there's like very little physical. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you have to go out with them. I'm just saying, challenge yourself. What would it look like if like, hmm. I don't know. Like maybe just think about it a little differently. If the, you know, why you're saying no, think about why you're saying no and just consider that after this episode. Yeah. And the last thing that just kind of hit me is if you're in community, because we just had this happen. I heard about this one in a hearted dating group, actually. If you've been friends with somebody for over a year, two years now, and you've seen their character over time, and you might have initially wrote them off in the beginning because they didn't quote unquote hit your type. <laughs> like those are the kind of like the gems where you're like, man, I've actually got to witness their character over time yes. as a friend and seeing them always consistently showing up. The way they pray, the way they study their Bible has just become so attractive to the me. The way they're friends to other people, the way yeah. they're a friend to me, the way, you know, their brain works. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much of it. We're going to get into attraction because yeah. that just hit so many different parts exactly. of the Exactly. So of just because you weren't struck by lightning the first time you saw them, like I can't tell you how many stories I hear. I had a group who uh, mentored me. Uh, in Washington, D.C., their names were Dave and Lynn. Mm. And when they tell, they're like 70, you know, working with college-age students. They're amazing. And when they would tell their story, he would literally be like, <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing. He'd be like, yeah, you know, when I saw Lynn, I wasn't attracted to her at all. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is your wife. And he was like, no, seriously, she was just a friend and I really had no feelings for her. I was like, okay. <laughs> and he was like, but the point is, is like we grew in friendship and then after a couple of years of friendship, we just grew really attracted to each other's character. Yes. And here they are 50 years later, they go golfing all the time. They do yeah. sports. They're like best Oh my friend. gosh. I have to bring something up. This is unscripted. It's not in our notes. But if you've seen the show, Love is Blind, season two, first of all, don't judge me. Second of all, uh, I just finished it. And there is a spoiler. So if you don't want to hear this, you know, for, fast forward it about they're, 30 they're seconds okay. to a minute. But there's a guy in the show named Shake. And he, uh, off the bat, is like, you can tell. He is a bit misogynistic. He has um, a lot of opinions. He clearly did not take this experiment the right way. It's love is blind. You don't see the person. You're supposed to like want to connect with somebody emotionally and then decide if you want to be with them, not based on physical. He clearly doesn't follow the rules. Anyway, 
you see throughout the process that he does find someone, he realizes for a moment, I'm like having hope for this guy because he realizes and admits like, I actually think so much of my obsession about the physicality comes from my own insecurities. See, he even admitted it comes from my own pain, just like we were talking about. He was like, and I loved that part of the episode early on in the series because he was like, I think it comes from my own insecurities. And like, I used to be overweight and all these different things. And so I was like, oh my gosh. And I was like really hopeful that this could be a moment of healing for him. Unfortunately, if if you've watched the show, you will see that that does not proceed <laughs> as you would have hoped or as I would have hoped. But what I love about the show in I don't love that people get engaged after like a week of knowing each other and, a, and get married after a month. That's literally cray cray. But what I do love about the experiment is focusing on the emotional, intellectual friendship connection yeah. instead of the physical. And um, it doesn't always work like that, uh -huh. but it's it's so. I think I really do love that part. So well, and, and you know, I just and that's another thing, especially for guys that I love is with long distance, you do remove a lot of the physical that's attraction, true. and you really have a great chance to build emotional attraction and friendship, like to the point where, like, there. Did we tell them about Elise yet? No. Okay, so yeah. we're. I'm gonna tell you. We're gonna tell you a story right now about after my first weekend in LA. And honestly, if Kate and I had not done long distance and we had just gone on a couple dates and she had a very small sample size of like who I was, my character, how I interacted with people, and we didn't have any history prior to that, I don't think we would have kept dating <laughs> because you, you wouldn't have had anything else to go off. Right. So it kind of just hit me now um, wow. like a nice little revelation. If Kate and I didn't do long distance and we didn't have the rapport and she didn't have that data on me of the emotional connection. Yeah. Yeah. Then after this weekend, like this was such an important preference for you. I, I don't know if we would have made it. I, I probably would have gone on more dates, but I probably, I, I, I agree. Like it may not have worked out. Yeah. Because listen to this. I go to LA. I'm not nervous. I'm cool. Um, sure, sure, uh, sure. Act super cool Debatable. in each date. False. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> You're wrong. Incorrect. <laughs> so at the end of it, I'm like, you know, that went really well. That went like, are we boyfriend and girlfriend after this trip? Oh my gosh, you know, JJ. I'm like, you know, I'm like a little. He, you didn't say that though. Yeah, yeah. I'm like giddy. Like this went really well, because you know I had little expectation. I seriously, after the first day, was prepared. Like to, we said, we manage expectations. Yeah, I was like prepared yeah. to like not even go on a second date with her. So, in my opinion, I'm like, man, that went really well. We went on like four dates that weekend. Yeah, we it was like a or three dates. Yeah, it yeah. was a lot. And so on Sunday, I leave, and Kate, how are you feeling? I like wanted to cry because he we had so many good moments but when he showed up at my house and it was I felt this horrible and like you guys are getting to see a whole new side of me but this is just I need to be transparent he brought flowers and coffee so amazing right over right before he left for the airport and yet I look at him and I'm like I don't know the way he groomed himself his outfit the roses stitched on his vans I I was like I don't know I'm not into it like I, am I not physically into him? He's so sweet. I should like him like this kind of wrestling. And I have felt and I have heard and I've gotten so many messages from women and guys who feel this way. Like, I don't know. Am I actually into him? Like, and 
you know, and because we are trained that you have to be so physically like animalistic, like, oh, I want to make out with them. Blah, blah, blah. And like, <laughs> you, you, you don't have to. And it's OK. That can, it can be a slow burn, which it was more so for on my side. And so what happened is a day or two after that, my good friend, Elise Murphy. Shout out. Shout out, Elise. Elise. I owe you <laughs> big time. She came over and there was so much to talk about, so many good things. But I could not get off my mind that this great guy came to visit and I was like, I don't know if I'm into him. Like, I just can't, I don't know. Like I should be. And then, and she gave me a full blown pep talk. She was like, girl, listen to what you've been saying lately. Look, do you re-listen to your compatibility series? And I don't even remember all she said. She just was like, Kate, like you challenge yourself. Like you don't have to end up dating him or end up with him, but like I think he has shown you enough and you've had enough really amazing moments with him that you need to get, keep giving him a shot. Yeah. She, and I was she, like, you know what, girl, you are so right. Yeah. <laughs> like I am stuck in my butt yes, right now. Go. She was like Edna mode from the Incredibles. <laughs> oh my gosh. She was like, you are a last girl. Oh, and, and she <laughs> get <said> yourself together. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, also in style. Like every girl can like help a man with the style. <laughs> oh my god! She did not say she that. Said that. She did not. All right, Elise, you were you just got demoted. No. This is MySpace. You just moved down a couple. Well, Elise of was friend. one of a few friends. Kristen, Kathleen. I they had more than that idea early. Well, you said you wanted to go to the mall for a date together. Remember? That's true. Mm. We still haven't done it technically. Technically, actually, no, we have. No, we have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you know, I encourage you if you are finding yourself in this position, you're early on dating someone. And you don't know if you are like physically into them. Challenge yourself to see it through some time. We're about to get into some different layers of attraction here. And I think this will be a good blueprint for you. But I really want to encourage you that you are not alone. And I also want to encourage you, you don't have to force it to an nth degree. If you've been dating somebody for six months, a year, what a very long time, and there is just no physical connection for you, then I'm not saying you have to be with this person because they have a good character and they love God and blah, 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 blah. Like it physical part of the relationship attraction in physical way is important it's a part of the relationship and it is an important part but it's not the entirety and a lot of the times we have a lot of again skewed reasons for why or why not we are attracted physically to somebody that i think really should be challenged in the beginning All right, guys, question for you. What do you look for in a date? Someone who's secure, smart, reliable, somebody who gives you peace of mind, maybe even a little protective. If any of that resonates, you have to meet my friend Chris Mella, the world's most secure earring back. Chris Mella is the only earring back in the world that automatically fits, locks and lifts all of your earrings. I have to be honest, I've been using Chris Mella for over four years and I do not use any other earring backs other than Chris Mella. Those other cheapy ones that come on earrings, those do not secure your earrings. I always use Chris Mella with every single earring I wear, especially my most prized earrings and of course my statement earrings. Chris Mella has the same qualities you are looking for most likely in a partner. By locking in with Chris Mella, you're securing a future where you don't have to spend precious time with your loved one looking for a straight earring. I've heard about couples looking for a lost diamond earring in a car, dark parking lot, on their hands and knees, and that's even been me in some cases, you guys. True story. Whether your date turns into someone special who ends up gifting you some gorgeous diamond studs, 
Or if you're looking for a lovely hostess gift when meeting the parents, Chris Mello's got you covered. If you're focused just on your single life right now and you're not really dating, another great idea for Chris Mella is to gift your mom a pair for Mother's Day. Mother's Day is only five weeks away, you guys. Chris Mella has been trusted since 2008. It's available in platinum, yellow gold, and rose gold. I want to encourage you to visit chrisma.la. That's C-H-R-Y-S-M-E dot L-A. Also, Chris Mella is available on Amazon. Fun fact. But if you go to chrisma.la, we have a special discount code of HOD10 for you to get 10% off your purchase. Go to C-H-R-Y-S-M-E dot L-A and get 10% off your purchase with code HOD10. You guys, our other sponsor for today's episode is my real life friend, Stephanie Mae Wilson. You may be familiar with Stephanie as she's the host of the Girls Night podcast and author of the Lipstick Gospel. She also teaches this incredible online course called Love Your Single Life. Now, guess what, you guys? Registration for Love Your Single Life is only open for 10 days each year. That's it. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you that registration is opening up first thing this coming Monday morning. Now, if this is your first time hearing about the course, let me tell you a little bit about it. Love Your Single Life is the only online course for Christian women that teaches a step-by-step plan to help you to savor, enjoy, and truly make the most of your single life, all the while setting yourself up for amazing relationships and marriage in the future. Stephanie has an incredible reputation. She has had more than 6,000 women join her for the course since she started teaching it in 2015, including me, yours truly. And after taking the course... So let's go over attraction. Attraction, in my belief, has many different buckets. It's kind of like an equation. And so I've done lots of research on this, but I really find that there's five different kinds of attraction, okay? So we're going to quickly go through the five. Ready, honey? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So the first kind is emotional attraction. I like this one. Yeah. And this one, I would say... By far and away, well, this one and the next one were probably the biggest ones for me because this is like your vulnerability and emotional safety. And oftentimes your type, oftentimes if it's driven by things from your woundings in childhood, most of the time, you, when it comes down to it, I'm not talking about you share a story with them and they share a story back, blah, blah, blah. I'm talking about when push comes to shove, when you are sharing the hard stuff, when you are upset at them they make you still feel safe. They move towards you, not away from you. They make you feel like this is a safe environment for you. And can you share your past with them and them not judge you and just be open and curious? I'm talking about vulnerability, emotional safety, feeling seen, feeling known. If that is like one main thread throughout a relationship that JJ has provided, it's such and a, a big emotional container of safety, which I have never had before. God gave me this vision actually months ago when I was in a therapy session working through stuff with JJ. And God revealed to me with my therapist that just JJ was this giant container and that he was this big, big, big container. And like uh, with him, I was, I could hop into that container and be so safe and I didn't have to worry. And that, Like I wasn't too much for him and I wasn't too big or my emotions weren't too big. Like he had a big container and that, and I could feel safe with him and that, oh my gosh, that is such a big thing for me. That is so emotionally attractive because 
man, like I shared things with you that you just didn't bat an eye on, you know, honey? Mm -hmm. And so do you have something to say on this topic too? I'm trying to think. I think from a feminine and masculine perspective, it's really attractive for the feminine Mm -hmm. to be protected. Yeah. Right. To feel safe. Yeah. Yeah, Protected and safe. And I think that's a duty of the man or the masculine. I think vice versa, if you had to ask the man Mm. what's attractive in the feminine. Mm. In an emotional way. Yeah. Emotional feminine. I think vulnerability Mm. goes a really long way. Being opening to listen. Yeah. Like the emotional ability to listen without assuming. (laughs) That's something I have to practice a lot of grace on. Because I don't know for the men, but being in a situation where somebody just assumes before you even you're even allowed to communicate can be it, it's just an emotionally kind of a turn off. Yeah. And then I think like the last one would probably be selflessness. Mm. Uh, guys love to see like that selflessness where you know they're almost caught off guard like i was caught off guard with you you know when you flip it back when you schedule out a date when you would take a moment to pause and stop and ask me what my preference was Mm. or what i desire to do and like really made it a priority to make me feel seen and heard um that was really attractive Mm. and um i i think from the masculine perspective they really love the motherly and the the feminine, you know, that uh, just wants to kind of care and be consistently there. Yeah, the the nurturing side. Yeah, the, the nurture. That's the word I was thinking of. Yes. Nurture. Yeah, of course. So emotional attraction is huge, you guys. Let's go to the next bucket: spiritual attraction. And to me, this is being attracted to the Jesus part of them, which I will be. I just want to be really honest with this. Again, you are not necessarily going to see all of this up front. So this is another area mm-hmm. that could definitely be um, tested for many of you guys, but. My girl, Deborah Faleda, in her book, Love in Every Season, took a survey of Christians and the Christians said 46% of them reported that spiritual attraction was the number one important element of attraction for them in relationship. That's low, right? No, I actually think it's pretty high. I thought it would be higher. Well, I think it, well, it should be higher, right? Oh, I guess maybe. Because like as Christians, I feel like our lens for attraction should be totally change it should be but again how many how many do you hear out there that are like they actually push comes to shove care more if that person looks like a supermodel yeah it's true you know in college uh, and i guess i think you have to have role models preach this and show you it Mm -hmm. because i remember for me in college i i really didn't date a lot but i thought i knew about dating even though obviously having never dated Mm -hmm. (laughs) i you know was like a couch expert of never even participating but you know i had a guy on my football team who very attractive uh athletic smart and could date a lot of people and he ends up dating girl that i was like uh, wow that was interesting like they kind of caught me off guard and i was like why are you dating her and they're married now with a couple kids and he goes honestly dude she loves jesus so much it's so attractive <laughs> and i was like wow that totally caught me off guard. Like it was like <laughs> that's and awesome. That stuck with me for years because mm. he was just it was the first thing he said. It wasn't like she's fun, she's quirky. She was he was like, man, she just loves Jesus wow. so much. Yeah, that's good. 
So that is something that's also can really attract you to someone. And honey, that's definitely attracted me to you so much. Yeah, and vice versa. Yeah, because really before this, I've I felt weirdly like the spiritual leader sometimes with guys, not every guy, but you're the first guy really that I'm like, oh man, he like really loves God and he really knows God. And you, we had so many beautiful moments of you like redirecting me to God in the beginning even. Yeah. And, and in general, it's the most loving thing you could ever do to a friend, uh, brother, or your significant other mm-hmm. is point them to God. Yeah. Like as in the most kind, graceful way possible, it's the most loving thing you can do. And then as far as an attraction point of view, it's it's literally Matthew 6.33, the first half. Yeah. Seek first the kingdom of God. And if you can look across the aisle and be like, yeah, that person is seeking the kingdom first, that is the most attractive. Yeah, it's so attractive. Now, we are going to get into boundaries, emotional, spiritual, physical boundaries later because something just came up in my head. But because there are ways to have emotional boundaries, spiritual boundaries, physical boundaries, all of those are very important as well. Correct. (laughs) True. (laughs) So intellectual attraction. Okay. That's the next bucket from BetterHelp, which is a company that offers therapy. They say this intellectual attraction refers to the desire to interact with people on a more cerebral level. You may want to spend time with them because of the topics that you discuss or because someone makes you think about things in a new and challenging way. Some people find they need to be intellectually attracted to someone in order to feel emotionally attracted or even romantically attracted to them. But that isn't the case for everyone. Different people in different relationships can fill different roles and needs in our lives. So intellectual can be a sliding scale. However, it is a way that a lot of people can feel deep, intense attraction. In fact, I Mm -hmm. have a friend who is very, very, very smart and so wise. And for her, the right kind of guy is going to, there's going to be a really high intellectual attraction there because she knows a lot of things. And it's amazing. Like her kinds of conversations are epic. I'm like, you are way smarter than me. Some, you know, in, in many capacities because of the things she knows and studies and learns, she is. I know a lot of things on a different topic, but somebody who's going to be right for her is going to be somebody who loves getting the depth of those cerebral conversations. And that's awesome. And so is that really important to you? Because that if you're having really awesome intellectual connection, that also can be a huge way that you can become attracted to someone. All right, let's go into the fourth bucket, which is personality attraction. And this really drives the friendship portion of your relationship. So personality, do you have fun do they make you laugh? Do you genuinely like hanging out with them? This is where oftentimes you hear a lot of people saying, your best friend is the best candidate to be your future spouse. <laughs> if you have a best friend, that's the opposite gender. Yeah. Because like, yeah, personality attraction, like friendship, like you've already developed this amazing friendship. You love hanging around this person. This is a good one. Yeah. And it's hard because you obviously, if you could date you, the personality one would be, <laughs> I, I think, would be like the top one, right? Because <laughs> I don't know. Because all your I preferences, so. like, all your fun yeah. things, all your funny, all the any joke that you think is funny, the other person is going to be like right there with you <laughs> if you're dating you, right? And then you think about your best friends. Like they're probably your friends because you share similar passions. Your humor is very similar. The way you encourage each other is very similar. Mm. The way you console each other is very similar. That's probably somebody who like I know if I get into a conflict with Kate 
and I go vent to one of my close guy friends, like one of my best friends. I like, <laughs> he's like, dude, I know. <laughs> and like, we just go back and forth like, dude, yeah, girls, man. Like they, oh they just gosh. react so, this I'm like, yeah, see, why can I date you? <laughs> like you get it and it's not that big of a deal. And he's like, I know it's not that big of a deal. But the reality is, is you're not dating your best friend of yeah. the similar sex. You're dating somebody of the opposite sex who probably compliments or challenges your personality. A lot. But within that, you still want to have a really awesome friendship part of your relationship. Yeah. And I would argue, all that to say, that if you can find somebody who compliments or challenges and you can make it work, that's super powerful. Yeah. You have to enjoy their personality, you know, and opposites can attract. In yeah. our case, they very much do because yeah. we are opposite in so many ways. Mm -hmm. Like I'm completely type A and you are completely type B. Yeah, I am. A and, thousand percent. And I'm. <laughs> Kate does make jokes and she has a goofy side, but it's not like her dominating side. Uh -huh. I have dated that and, you know, it. I don't know. It just didn't work that well. Somebody who's like more goofy or, <laughs> uh, you know more jokey than i was i was like whoa this is too much <laughs> <laughs> now you know how i feel i'm just kidding <laughs> no but mine's actually funny okay all right got it honey but like personality we genuinely have so much fun together and it's it's really important that's why you know as you've heard me talk before i think there's five stages from singleness to marriage single dating relationship engaged married and the dating phase is to figure out if you want to be in a relationship with someone and what you can do in the dating phase is you can focus on building this friendship and do you genuinely like their personality <laughs> like focus on those elements in the dating phase focus on is this a person I want to hang out with? Like, do I genuinely want to see them again? You know, because if you marry them, you're going to see them for the rest of your life every day. You're going to hang out with them every day. <laughs> so personality <laughs> attraction is really important. And then the last bucket is, of course, physical attraction. But when we say the word attraction, like somebody's attractive, we almost always default to thinking the person is talking about physical attraction, mm. right? Like yeah, that is what always. we default to. However, the reason why I'm saying all this is because there are so many other buckets you guys so when you're like thinking about attraction think about like as you go on a date with someone what are the elements that are showing up emotional attraction spiritual attraction intellectual personality are you having a lot of fun with them yeah like those are important if maybe you don't want to make out with them right now that's totally good okay like you first of all i wouldn't encourage making out in the beginning however it's okay if you don't want to kiss them yet like it's okay if that desire isn't innately there yet it should be there before you get married. It should be there at some point, but it's okay if it's not there right at the beginning. We are taught that you need to have this physical spark and sometimes there is a physical spark, but many times there is a slow burn that takes time to build. And that did happen with JJ and I, for me. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and you know, I wish, it's just because when you look at somebody, it's like your eyes just register and automatically come up with a an attraction a physical attraction level. and that's okay yeah. to an extent right yeah like, but i wish you could like when you see somebody it's kind of like you break it down and like you see five separate entities and one of those is just the physical appearance mm. and then the other four entities are you know these entities of uh, emotional attraction and intellectual attraction which is each you know very different and that's where you uh, start to 
once you can get over the physical entity, you can really judge the other four. <laughs> not judge, but you can really yeah. look at the other four and be like, man, I know they're not the most attractive physically in the world. To but, me. Yeah, to yeah. me. <laughs> but like the spiritual attraction and the character and their emotional health and their personality is super attractive. Like yeah. I am really And that's to where it. you start praying like, God, if it's meant for me, if you want me to chat, I asked to be challenged in this area that if this is a person I should be with, that you would help grow my physical attraction to them because I am attracted to them in these other areas. And God, if there are things that and strongholds and bonds that need to be broken in me or past pain wounds that need to be healed or past expectations that you need to break and break chains with, break ties with, God, I ask that you do that. I ask that you give me eyes of attraction, physical attraction yeah, for this person. That's a great prayer. Yeah. yeah. I I've done that many Many times in the past few years. That's why I like know that prayer well, because I've also seen it work for myself and so many others. I have two friends in the past few years that both of them, when they first met their guy, I'm going to focus on one. One, when she met her man, she was like, no. No, I, he, I'm not into him. Not at all. And she has a pretty wild background and story. And, but we, as her friends saw, wow, this guy is steady. Look at how he's pursuing you. Look at how he's showing up. Look at how patient he is. Cause she was like, no, I'm not into you. She's actually really blunt and was like, I'm not attracted to you basically. And he was like, okay. Um, <laughs> but he was consistent and like, still asked her out again. Well, would you be open to seeing if that might be able to change? And she was like, fine. (laughs) And guess what? It did change. And with her friends, me and a few others consistently being like, Hey, this guy is such a good guy for you. We know that like with that encouragement, with obviously God working in her heart, because like I said, she has a really wild background. It was like amazing to see how God really did transform her heart and give her eyes for her now husband because they did get married. And so this isn't just a a flighty thing. This has happened to friends of mine. This has happened for me. And so if you are in this position and you're dating someone or you're going on dates with someone that you're like, oh, I just don't know. I just, I'm not saying you have to keep going out with people that you just really are not physically attracted to at all. But I would just do yourself a favor, pray that prayer and weigh it out and ask the Holy Spirit like, hey, God, should I give this person another shot? Or is this really just, it's done for me? Yeah. You know, because I'm not saying you always have to date people that you have no physical or very little physical attraction to, but I would say there's a lot more room to challenge ourselves than there is not. Yeah. And I would just say it's the same thing for the guys. Like Mm, just challenge yourself, give it an opportunity. The worst that comes out of it is you make a friend and um, it's just, you know, you're going to, you have a bullet point coming up. That's so good. But Oh yeah. Well, this is true. Also, I was going to say just also like don't force anything physical because you think that will drive the physical physicality of the relationship either. Some people do that. I, speaking from experience, have in the very past done that and it was not a healthy thing. But, you know, you got to be we have to be put this all in perspective that there are things out in the culture that drive what our physical preferences are, the culture, media, Disney unfortunately, pornography, there is so much out there that impacts what our physical attraction standard is and why. And, you know, the but the real, real, real reality is that we are real people with real bodies that change. Okay. 
We have real bodies that can and will change. Beauty is also so fluid. Okay, back in the Victorian era, it was considered attractive, the most attractive to have very pale, pale skin and major curves. Nowadays, we have all the tans and fake tans and all the things and we have to be as skinny as possible in some ways. It's so ridiculous. I would have been like a Calvin Klein model this winter. (laughs) My COVID love handles were like, yeah. I'm dead. But you just like beauty standards are quote unquote always changing. I've talked about this many times before on the podcast. We need to know that and we need to challenge ourselves. Proverbs 31.30 says beauty is fleeting. And you guys already know that. Everyone has heard that proverb, but it is fleeting. Yeah. And it's one of those scriptures I love when psychologists and marriage counselors and people who have looked at marriage can confirm Mm. and just say like the physical attraction in that honeymoon lasts anywhere from like 12 to 18 months Mm. and then it's over. Yeah. Then you're stuck with them. And then obviously you guys have heard about the physical attraction and uh, the sexual part of marriage, like... If you add up this, just the seconds and minutes, it's like less than one percent yeah, of your entire your life mind. together. Mm-hmm. It's so little. It's and so it's little. Meant to be beautiful and wonderful and celebrated and enjoyed, but the all these other parts that we are talking about fill up and represent so much more in your relationship. Yeah, your spiritual connection, your emotional connection, your friendship connection, your intellectual connection. Those represent so much more of your actual time and what you actually spend time doing and thinking and feeling together than just, you know, being physical together. Yeah, and look <laughs> by the by the averages here there's five buckets of attraction. It should be 20% of your equation. I would say it should be even less. Mm. Over like it's more like five to ten percent but in the beginning it's such a big uh filter by use it as a big filter it's such especially when we have our culture of social media yeah online dating it's like 90 percent about attraction yeah and then 10 percent like oh they happen to be a christian oh they happen to be intellectual they actually happen to have gone to therapy that's why i'm gonna say something say it on on drop the hanky. I love drop the hanky. When we post a quote unquote attractive Christian guy on there, I'm saying air quotes. It's the hottie Christian guy, quote unquote. Why does that guy get 100 DMs? Okay. Because all the girls are like, I don't care about mm-hmm. anything else except for he's the hot Christian guy. I'm yeah. going to DM him. They don't really care. Does, does his personality and I connect is there anything emotionally that i'm attracted to him yeah is there anything intellectually i'm attracted to him for no it's just physically we're driven 90 percent by it like you said i love when you did the bachelor and bachelorette Mm. you took out the photos and let the contestant pick uh, based off Mm. the five or ten profiles and all they had to go off was activities hobbies you know in their life like what is important yeah what's important in their life and uh they had to just choose from that yep It's so much more important. Mm -hmm. So you guys, thanks for making it all the way. This was a long episode. Babe, I loved this episode though. (laughs) Did you? Yeah. uh, It's, you know, I love taking a daily shot to the ego, (laughs) but it's good for me. And I'm really happy that you challenged yourself. No, I'm really happy. Mm -hmm. And like, cause like, look at us now. It it just doesn't matter. I am that so attracted much. to you in yeah. all the ways. In yeah. all the ways. And even if I I don't wear those veins anymore per se, but 
even on the days where I'm not dressed like the most attractively, like it just doesn't matter as much anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. You want to tell him even when I walked in today? <laughs> oh my gosh. We're supposed to go to a salsa dancing class tonight. He walks in in joggers and in his HOD shirt, which I love this look, but I was yeah. like, babe, I thought we were going to dress up and go to salsa dancing. It's not that big. Of, it's not. <laughs> is it their dress code for salsa dancing? And that's just him it's, being it's him. It's lessons, And that by is the way. part of it, guys. It's like ballroom lessons. It's not like salsa dancing at like a bar, you know. It's it's like a ballroom classroom okay. salsa lesson. Okay. So this is our hot topic. We'll throw a poll up. Like, is there a dress code for going to get salsa lessons? Oh or God. is my athleisure attire okay? <laughs> All right, babe. Well, thanks for being graceful with me, honey. I love you. I love you too. We hope this challenged you guys and we will see you next week. And we love you guys too. <laughs> hey, and send us your stories about how you're challenging yourself. Yeah. DM Heart of Dating. DM Kateness. Send us an email, info at HOD Podcast. We want to hear how you're challenging yourself in the area of type. Okay. All right, guys. See you next week. Hey guys, I know that was some hard information today on this podcast with JJ, but I really hope you hear our hearts in this. I wanted to be really honest about how this went for me and how I had to challenge myself and bring in friends in the process because debunking our idea of type and some of the woundings that we've had in our childhood and looking for people to medicate our pain today through having a specific kind of type, man, this stuff takes a lot of courage, bravery, and honestly wisdom to discern when we are looking for something that may be not the best for us. And so I want to encourage you, you can have preferences, but what about challenging some of those preferences and being open outside of your normal quote unquote type? I'm telling you what, it is the best decision I ever made to be open to JJ dating the unexpected because God really did the unexpected here. And now we're getting married. I really hope this episode was encouraging for you, challenging for you. And I can't wait to hear the stories of how you guys do end up challenging yourself. Okay, guys, that's it for the episode this week. I can't wait to see you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.